Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I see that everybody is fully awake from the food coma. Anybody have a food coma this this week? Yeah, praise the Lord. If you didn't, I'm sorry. I don't know what it is about food that as soon as you eat it, the spirit of slumber and sleep overtakes you and there's no way to rebuke it. It just happens. Amen. Amen. Did everybody have a good Thanksgiving? A couple of you guys. Well, if you did next year, you, you, you just turn to your left or right, see the people that are clapping and are happy about it, and go to their house next year. <laughs> it's called Thanksgiving, y'all. That was an opportunity to go, praise the Lord, had a great time. But if you didn't, sometimes you just got to change the company that you're with. Okay, there will be an altar call right now. <laughs> right? <laughs> praise God. Praise God. Um, I am just elated and happy to be here. Um, I give God honor and give him praise just to be here today. And I am excited, but I have to share something with you guys today that hopefully will change the way you serve God. I'm not just speaking to those that aren't saved today, but I want to speak to those of you that may have been in a relationship for Christ for many years. Amen. It's it's just something, you know, every once in a while you can have a car and it's running great. The car runs great as long as you keep it tuned up. Sometimes if you wait until the car starts acting funny to go get it checked up, sometimes it's too late. You don't wait till your car is out of gas to put gas in it, ladies. The little light that comes on is a warning. Don't. So funny and it's so ironic that, you know, as parents, we look at our kids like, why do I got to warn them that I'm going to beat them to get them to do anything? I'm going to get the belt. And they're like, okay, I'm going to do it. We hate that we have to do that to get our kids to do something, but we wait till the light comes on. It's a warning, which is telling you, if you don't put gas in me soon, you're going to be walking. Okay? So that's what it is with us as far as Christians and our relationships with Christ. Sometimes we need some tuning up. Amen. Amen. Uh, you guys are going to have to help me preach this morning. Praise God. I had coffee early. It wore off. Yep, the football game comes on at 1. And if you want to see the Raiders or the Niners play, I need some help. There you go. <laughs> Anybody ever experience any trouble? <laughs> I should have got a big amen at that point. Like, oh, Lord, trouble now. You ever just wake up, you know, all you guys hear me say, wake up an inch off. And your whole day's bad. You're like, man, trouble. I don't know what it is. It, it's something wrong. You feel it, but you can't put your finger on it. And, and sometimes it happens so much in our lives, we get used to it, right? And it's like, oh, it's, I'm just having a day. But what do you do when that day turns into two days? What do you do when that two days turn into a week? Then that week turns into a month. Now that people are telling you, oh, you're just depressed, you're clinically depressed, and I got a good person you can go see, they'll give you some pills, put you on these pills, and, you know, you'll be fine. 
And you're sitting there and you're like, man, uh, uh, don't get me wrong. I understand there's some chemical imbalances that happen that causes depression. But sometimes what we call depression isn't depression. We just get in these ruts and these things and life deals with certain things. And, and if there was just one thing, if we can put our finger on what it is that's bothering us, we deal with it. But when you can't deal with it because you don't know what it is, how do you fix it? How do you fix something that you don't know is broke? I just know something is wrong. You go to the mechanic. I don't know what's wrong with the car. I just know it's not running right. Come on. My car isn't running right. Well, what's the matter with it? I don't know. It's just not running like it used to. You guys know that when people come to you, but here's, here, this is the problem. People come to you and say, hey, brother, how you doing? Sis, God bless you. How you doing? Fine. Isn't that the first thing we say? We ain't even thinking about it. My kids, watch this. You guys are going to use this. My kids and my nephews and nieces. Hey, how was school today? What they, what's the first thing they say? Good. My kids go, it's good. They were good. This is where I get them. What was good about it? They ain't got to just what was good. And they're like, I, I didn't know there was another question after that. Right? Tell me what was good about school today. See, it gets them to start thinking. What was good about school today? You know, and even though they say they didn't learn, if, if they don't know, well, you know, we, today we learned the, the hypothesis. Of, this is what you want to hear. But most of the time they're like, what was good about it? They're like, recess, <laughs> lunch. Well, praise God, you're giving him thanks for something about school. So I need you to look forward to that same kind of lunch tomorrow. So, okay, let me get back to what I was talking about. Do you guys realize that when you're in that state, when you're in that, that mode, in that place, it seems like nothing can go right. It seems like nothing can happen right. Nothing's going my way. Nothing good could come of this. It seems. Do we have anybody in here that sows? Nobody sows. Thank you. Two people. Well, let me give you some quick, uh, uh, if you look at your pants, you got a little thing right here, okay? This is a seam. Amen. It's where they took two pieces of cloth and sold them together. Put it together. It seems. Do you realize that, that when you put two things together, they should be new things, but when you put something that's old and you sew it to something's new, the Bible talks about how it makes it worse. It'll tear. Watch this. That word seems is very important. Listen to this. The word seems means it appears to be. To one's own senses, minds, or observation, or your judgment. You know, like you guys ever meet somebody that seemed like they were really nice? The job seemed like it was a good job. Black Friday just passed. It seemed like it was a good deal. It seemed. That seem means your perception. How you look at things. And it depends upon how you look at things on what reality is. Because a lot of times, your perception becomes your reality. But it doesn't mean it's the truth. That's right. That's right. Amen. I love this. So I was watching Facebook. I love Facebook. They got this kid. 
You guys might have seen the video. He's holding on to this rope. There's water under it. The water's moving. It's not running fast. But he's holding on to it, and he's screaming because he's about to die. He looks like he's going to get taken away with the water. He's screaming. Ah! Ah! He's just screaming. And all of a sudden, you feel for the kid because you see in the video, all you see him is holding this, and he's holding on for dear life. He's rigid. He's holding it. He's screaming. He's crying for help. And as you watch it, you start, your heart starts to melt for this kid like, oh, my God, this kid's going to die. Then all of a sudden in the background, you see, you can't see the full body, but you see like a waist. And you see somebody walk over to the kid in the water. They grab the kid as he's crying and put his legs down and makes him stand up. <laughs> the water was only this deep to the kid. But his perception made him think it was dangerous and he was going to die. Oh, see, I'm preaching already. Because at this point, there's some things in your life that you perceive to be bad, that you perceive to be wrong, that you perceive to be dangerous, and it's really not. It's because of how you're looking at it. It's funny because this water bottle's only this big, but when I hold it to my face, that's a big water bottle. Maybe you didn't understand. I remember one time praying and I said, God, how do I magnify the Lord? The Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Let us exalt. How do we magnify God who is already God? We can't make him any bigger. We can't do anything to God. But what he's telling us is, I need you to magnify me in your life. And I said, how do I magnify you in my life? And God, I'm just right here. This is how God uses his creation for us. He had me sit down and look. Now, if you guys don't know what Mount Diablo is, when you go outside, there's a big mountain that way, okay? You'll, you'll see it. It's, it's like south, southeast maybe. Huge mountain. It's called Mount Diablo. God says, look at it. And I looked at it. And he goes, how big is it? And I said, it's about that big from where I'm standing. So from where I was standing, I began to see that Mount Diablo was only this big. So then I took a drive all the way out to Mount Diablo. And as I got to Mount Diablo, I got to almost where the base of Mount Diablo is. And I looked and I couldn't see the east of it. I couldn't see the west of it. I couldn't even see the, the top of it. My perception changed when I got closer to the mountain. What God was telling me is, the further away from me you are, the smaller I look. But the closer you are to me, you'll begin to see my greatness. You'll begin to see my goodness. That's why I'm drawing men unto me by my spirit. God, you must increase that I may decrease. I can't decrease myself. How do I decrease myself? By getting closer to God. Because the closer I got to Mount Diablo, the smaller I really was. The further I was away from Mount Diablo, it was this big to me. But when I got close to the mountain, I started seeing how small I really am and how big the mountain really is. The closer you get to your God, the bigger, the bigger you'll see he is. He, he, the, your problems, your problems, they're nothing in comparison to God. But when you draw close to your problems and you draw close to everything, it seems as if it's big. But it really isn't. It's your perception. The problem is what we do is we knit the frailty of our perception 
to the firm foundation of reality, then our reality ends up becoming what our perception is. So whatever what's real, whatever we think, it becomes real to us. Do you guys understand that? Was that a little too deep? It's, it, it, it's real. It's like people are afraid of certain things. It's like, why are you afraid of a spider? Why are we afraid? Do you realize if you do that, you'll kill a spider? Do you, do you realize that? But you will stand up, take off, and run up out the house. Your house that you pay for. The spider's intruding. It's funny. You see a grown man run out the house because of a mouse, but he'll, he'll fight a big dude. He'll stand in front of somebody like Bobo and want to fight him, but let a spider be on his leg. Perception. It seems. Listen, just because something appears to be, it doesn't mean it is. It has to do with our perspective. It has to do on how we see things. So today I'm going to talk to you about how to change your perspective. I'm going to talk to you about how you view things. Because even as Christians, we need tune-ups. Today's a tune-up. All right? It's for free. I'm looking under the hood today spiritually, and I'm seeing that we all need to change our spark plugs and wires. Amen? We need new filters and oil change. We're going to get that done today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now watch this. You guys know it was Thanksgiving. We just had Thanksgiving. What follows Thanksgiving? Thank you. Black Friday. Black Friday. So one day we want to thank God for everything that we have and everything we got, and the next day we go out and try to run and buy everything that we don't have. Make the connection. So how can I be thankful one moment, and then the very next day, I'm going out trying to buy stuff that I don't need. I think it's 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6, it might be. It says, godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment. I'll tell you what. It's funny because people ask me, so what you do Black Friday? I was like, nothing. My son's been asking me for like, what's been a couple of days now, Dad, what do you want for Christmas? I can't answer him. I'm not trying to brag. It's just I'm in this place right now. I got everything Amen. that I need. I, God has supplied me with everything that I need, and, and there's not much that I really want. I, got, I literally got everything I want. And that came from I know who my God is and what he's done for me. But I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you get to a place. Now, don't get me wrong. There are times I do see things and people have stuff I want. I mean, I look at people like Antoine and, 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 and Chris, and I, I look at these guys and Matt, and these guys are buff. I want to be buff. I want to walk around my shirt tight. Just saying. That don't work. I've tried the smaller size shirt. Don't work. But just as a side note, listen, God didn't just give that to them, they worked for it. That's another message. How could you want what somebody else has when they worked hard for it? You want it for free. Woo, Yes, yes, yes. First Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. I still want to be buff. Anyway. Help me, Jesus, forgive me. Thou shalt not covet 
1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says, rejoice sometimes. It does say always. Rejoice always. Pray when you have time. Does without ceasing, you know, the Greek term for without ceasing means without ceasing. It means don't stop. That means you need to be in constant communication with God. That prayer isn't always on your knees. That prayer means I'm always asking God, should I go this direction? Should I do this? Should I do that? And giving God praise. I'm constantly in connection with God. I'm always talking to him. My wife was telling me the other day, she's like, I seen this friend of ours. He was walking down the street. He looked fine. He looked normal, but he was talking to himself. I said, baby, either he was on the phone or he was praying. Because we'll look at people and like, why are they walking and talking to themselves? Don't judge, folks. Because sometimes people just may be giving God some praise. Because, you know, the Bible says, when you pray, say. You know, because a lot of us sometimes we like, I'm just going to sit down and just be quiet and not say anything and say we're praying. That's meditation. But praying means you have to have something come out of your mouth. Okay, let me get back. So 1 Thessalonians, what we were saying, rejoice always, pray without ceasing in everything. Somebody say everything. everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for me. You. Don't be saying me. You too. You know what I hear as a pastor all the time? People come to me and they're like, Pastor, I want to know what the will of God is for my life. The will of God for you is that you rejoice always, you pray without ceasing, and you give thanks in everything. That's the will of God for you in your life. What what you don't mean, it's not my business. It's not how I serve. No. This is the will of God for you, that you be conformed into Christ's image. And what's Christ's image? The image of Christ is a person that rejoices always, prays without ceasing, and gives thanks in everything. Because that's the will of God for you. Why is it the will? Because when we're unthankful, it causes us to be ungrateful, and being ungrateful gives us an unhealthy perspective on life. See, being ungrateful will cause us to look at 10% of the bad and forget about the 90% of the good. (laughs) You guys understand it. It's funny how you can look at one little bad thing and not see all the good stuff around it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm just, I'm just going to say this, but it, it, it happens. We see people marry 20 years, 24 years, 30 years, and then get a divorce. Yeah. Yeah. Why throw all that away? It was, it was hell, pastor. There had to be something good. But what happens is you focus on the little bad things for the whole time that you get to the point where you can't even see the good stuff. Come on, because we do it in relationships. Amen. We do it, man, I can't stand this. This person, man, they, they're always wearing their shoes, their funny shoes. I can't stand them. <laughs> you know, they got this thing with their breath. Sometimes you got all in here going, that, yeah, that's a game changer. Uh, <laughs> not that I'm not thankful for everything else. It's just I can't get past Think about it, though. So you got somebody that's beautiful, loves you, takes care of you, does all these good things, and breath smells like hot garbage, and you want to just always think about the hot garbage. You can't, you can't think about how much they love you and how much they take care. Now, I'm using these terms, and I'm, I know I'm going a little extreme, but think about it. 
If you was a thankful person, you know what you would do? Go out and buy some mints. Here, baby, just put this in your mouth right now. Oh, praise God. I love you so much. When you... <laughs> Being ungrateful gives us an unhealthy perspective. We see things the wrong way when we're not thankful for things. I, I see people give up on churches because they see something bad in a church. I know people don't even go to church anymore because everybody there is hypocrites. That's why they go to church. You don't stop going to the gym because people in there are out of shape. They out of shape. That's why they go to the gym. And the people in shape stay there because they want to stay in shape. Perspective. <laughs> See, when we're thankful, we appreciate what we have, not regret. Regret. How come I always say it that way? Regret. How we, like Elma, Elma Fudd, right? We regret. We won't regret what we lost. Now, now it, Thanksgiving just passed, and, and I, have to, I have to mention this, and I wish I knew this lady's name. Um, praise God. She works over at Ace. And the lady looks at me, and she said, because I was at Ace on Friday, and she goes, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, hey, I'm fine. She's like, oh, I said, how was your Thanksgiving? I said, Thanksgiving was great. I got to spend it with family. Had a great time. I said, how about yours? And she says, oh, it was good. We had a good time. But um, I lost my aunt on Thanksgiving. And, of course, just the first thing I want to do is I'm looking at her. I'm like, okay, let me console. Give her some words of comfort. and com But then I didn't have to because she looks at me, and, and as tears well up in her eyes, she still says, but you know what? I'm just thankful we had time to spend with her. I thank God that we had to know that we got to know her. I, I, I thank God that she's no longer suffering. She's in a better place now. And see, as, as her perspective changed, this is what I started saying. It made me start feeling better. Isn't it weird how somebody else's gratefulness and thankfulness is kind of contagious? But her perspective, because most people will tend to think, but I lost him. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, like even with my father, my father passed, and, and, and I could focus on so much that he's gone. He's no longer here, and I, I miss his touch, and I miss touching his hand and everything. I miss all that, but I do know there's times I sit down, and I just have to give God praise and thanks that I had a father. Because there's people that didn't get a chance to grow up with a father. And not only did I have a father, I had a good father. And a, a dad that took him. So I start thinking of the uh, God, thank you for the opportunity and the, and the time that I did have. It's a perspective. Because when I'm not grateful, see, it, it's funny because the death happened in a moment. But I got to spend 49 years of life with my father. But the death was a day. The death wasn't even 10% of the time I got to spend with him. So therefore, I'll focus on the bigger time that I got to spend with him instead of on the time that I lost him. See, being ungrateful makes you too familiar with your blessings. You're like, wait a minute, what do you mean? I should be familiar with my blessings. No, I said too familiar. You know, there's a, 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 a phrase that says, um, Familiarity breeds contempt. 
What it is is when you get so used to having things, you no longer notice them as blessings. Like, you know, the car you complain about? Yeah, this one, it always gets quiet. The kids you complain about? Praise God. You sit down and you get so familiar with things. I know, anybody else in here, kids get on their nerves sometimes. You'd be like, Lord, just help me. I feel so bad when I feel that way. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that there's other people in here with me that feel that way. It's like, Lord, help me. I'm not going to mention even husbands or wives. I, I mean, I'm trying to keep everybody straight. But then you begin to think, I'm telling you right now, when you think about what's going on with what you have, I'm going to tell you what will help you be thankful. Think about the people that don't have it. I got a son that I wish was in church. I wish he was serving God with all fervor, fervorance and, and love, and, and I wish that was happening, but I'm not going to complain about it because he still got breath in his lungs, that I still have a son that, that loves me, and he's still coming to see me. Is he doing everything right? No, but I give God thanks and praise because you know why? He reached me. God did, so he's going to reach my son. But I don't want to get too familiar with the blessings that God gives me because when I get too familiar with it, then I'll stop giving thanks for it. Listen, you guys, we got the best worship team on this side of the Mississippi. I'm telling you, y'all are hot fire. But we're all we're used to it. You know how I can tell we're used to it? Because this is this is our posture during during praise and worship. talking to the people that stand like this. <laughs> but if we get another we get another praise and worship in here that's just terrible and this this is what your posture will be then. Watch. <laughs> you, you got too familiar with what's good. You guys know when God gives you good things, when there's good things that you have, see, like right now, you guys would stop coming to church if we didn't have no heat. It happened during the summer when the, when the, when the air conditioner went out. I had people calling me and asking me, hey, pastor, is the air conditioner working? What you asking for? Because you're trying to make a decision if you're going to show up or not. I had, to get, I had to sit up here and try to make you feel convicted talking about people like in Africa, talking about how they out in 120 degrees, ain't even got, they ain't got no shade, no nothing. So if they could praise God, then you could praise God. And the air conditioner still wasn't working. Next week, there'll be like 20 people in here. But because we get too familiar, look, it, it, we're in America, we're so familiar with all the blessings that we have that we complain about the things that we don't get. Yeah, I know. I didn't expect you all to clap about some of that because you know what? It's some of us in here that feel that way. We are in a country, in a place that we have the opportunity to speak and say what we want to say, but we complain about it. We're in a place right now where we can worship God freely without worrying about getting our heads chopped off. When's the last time you thank God for that? 
But we've gotten so familiar, and then when we get familiar with one thing, we'll get familiar with the next thing. I sit down, I'm trying to tell you, just as a pastor, I hear people complain about their spouses so much. And I'm like, oh, well, let me introduce you to somebody that's looking for a spouse because I'll let them tell you what it's like not to have be married. Maybe you forgot. Familiar. <laughs> See, being thankful keeps us out of familiar. See, when you're not thankful, you're never satisfied. That's why they got Black Friday, because they realize that on Thanksgiving, most people aren't saying what they're thankful for. They're thinking about what they're not thankful for. So then when Black Friday comes around, they have an opportunity and a discount to get what they don't have. Don't raise your hands. I feel the Lord moving. He told me this is what he told me. He said there are people in here that are upset because they didn't have enough money. I didn't have any money to go shopping on Black Friday. They're like, you know what? Next year, I'm going to save up for Black Friday. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, but I mean, let's think about it. Think about it. Here you have to wait a whole year to get the best deals on stuff you don't need. Well, you know, them TVs and 50-inch TVs are on sale for 200 bucks, man. And it's a 4K. They're going to be on sale next year. I'm just going to wait. You don't need a 50-inch TV. Amen. Thank you, Jenny. I see people rebuking me right now. In the name of Jesus, you a liar, Pastor? You're right. I don't need 50. I want 65. Oh, 65. 65, 65, 65. 50 inch was 2014. We're moving on to 80 inch, Pastor. And I need an 80 inch. <laughs> I said earlier, when you're grateful for what you got, listen, you, you, you're, you're, you're reaching to get the 75 inch television, not realize you should be thankful that you got a TV at all. Come on, somebody. You, we, we sitting down, it's, but we get familiar with the 50 inch and it's not big enough anymore. Godliness with contentment brings great gain. What is that gain? You ain't wasting your money on stuff that you don't need. Because I'm content where I'm at because God has met all my needs. Never satisfied. Proverbs 28, 25 says, a greedy man stirs up strife. When people ain't satisfied with what they got, Oh, my gosh. You ever been around a person that always wants? It's like you got everything. Okay. When a man says he doesn't have nothing to wear, you know what that means? He don't have anything clean. That's what that means. When a woman says she doesn't have anything to wear, you know what that means? She ain't got nothing she wants to wear. Closet full of clothes. You're going to, what you mean you ain't got nothing to wear? I wore that four months ago. I can't wear it now. When you're not thankful, you miss out on what's really important. <laughs> Praise God. I, let me tell a quick story, and then we'll go on. I, I have to say, I have to say this. 
I remember back when we first started the ministry, we had just started, my daughter was sick. And uh, she was in the hospital. She was dying, little heaven. And her lung was almost completely on, on the right side, was eaten up uh, by bacteria, just ate up her lung. Her left lung was also starting to decay and go. They were about to take her into surgery. There's a bunch of stuff going on. And we were going back and forth. Well, I was going back and forth to Children's Hospital in Oakland. My wife stayed there. And uh, my son was staying with my in-laws at the time. And because we had the church, I was like, God, you called me to start this church. I'm not going to allow this to stop. So I was going to keep serving God, but I'd have to come back, do Bible study, go to um, Oakland, come back, study, get ready for Sunday, doing all the still doing church. And I remember laying in my house. And as I laid in my house by myself, I began to hear music play. <laughs> and I said, God, is that you calling me? <laughs> so as I, I laid in the house at night, and it was dead quiet. I couldn't hear anything. And I began to first apologize. I said, God, forgive me for ever complaining about the noise that my kids make. The sound of them banging and running and tearing stuff up. Forgive me for ever complaining about it because right now I want to hear my daughter running and screaming up and down the hall. I, I want to hear my son slamming stuff and breaking things. I began to give thanks to God for my kids at that point in time. It almost took the point of me not having them to be thankful for having them. So we got to look at what we have and be thankful for it. Miss out on the important things when you're ungrateful. The reason why uh, the negative always outweighs the positive is because we are ungrateful people. When 10% outweighs 90%, it's just your perspective because you're just ungrateful. I need you to look at this in every situation because you may be grateful in everything, but there's something somewhere around the way that you're just looking at the bad at. And it's because you're ungrateful for that thing. I want to look at this scripture one more time. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. It says, rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ. It's God's will for us to be thankful and grateful people. You guys, listen, as our rejoicing increases, our gratitude increases. As our prayerfulness increases, our gratitude and thankfulness increases. As our humility increases, our gratitude increases. As our entitlement increases, our gratitude decreases. When you think God owes you something or somebody owes you something, you'll never be thankful for what he's already given you. Don't think you deserve anything because the one thing we do deserve is death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Savior. You can come on. And if we keep complaining, complaining increases as our complaining increases, our thankfulness decreases. There's nothing worse than a complaining person. When a person complains, it means they're not thankful for what they have. 
I'm telling you right now, the moment you start complaining about your kids is the moment you're not thankful for them. I'm trying to figure out how a person can complain about their spouse and in the same breath, but I love them though, but they just thought that, that, that doesn't make sense. Why don't you sit down and tell me something good about them? Just to give you guys a heads up, that's what we do in marriage counseling. Because people come with a list of the things that people have done wrong. Uh, they don't do this, they don't do that, they don't do this, I can't stand this. And it's like, well, do me a favor. Take that list and tell me what good they do. And do you realize that you've been so focused on the negative for so long that you can't even write a list of the good things they do because you don't pay attention to them. What has the Lord done for you? But we're so busy looking at what the world's done to us, we don't see what the Lord has done. And we start complaining. The other thing is, is worry. As we keep worrying, our thankfulness also decreases. And when you look in, the, in, in Philippians, when it talks about, it says, be anxious for nothing but in all things given unto prayer, uh, supplication and thanksgiving make your request known unto God and then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will encompass you this is what happens when we worry when we worry we're telling God that listen I don't like your plan I would rather have another one Amen. when you worry about something it's because you have to wait and you don't know if it's going to happen if it's going to work out for your good so you're going God this plan isn't good I don't like it I want another plan I don't like the way it works So God wants us to be grateful people, to think about the things that he's done. Thanksgiving isn't a day. Thanksgiving is our lifestyle. When you become a thankful person, when you could look at something, I'm going to give, this is your assignment. This is, the checkup's almost done. I'm almost about to close the hood here. I'm going to close the hood and I'm going to give you directions on out the garage. But before you leave, I'm going to tell you how to maintain your gratefulness. In all things, give thanks. Rejoice always. God wants you to rejoice because you ran out of joy. You ran out of it. So how do you get more joy in your life? Prayer. Prayer shows you that you need a God in your life. And as you pray, you become more familiar with who God is. It draws you closer to God. You see how big he is. When you see how big he is, you'll begin to fill yourself with more joy. And when you have more joy and you start rejoicing, then you could be thankful for everything. It changes your perspective from here or from here to here. You begin to see how big God is. God wants more. Well, he doesn't want grumpy people. He wants more grateful people. Psalms 107.1 says this, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And Ephesians 5 and 20 says this, Giving thanks always for all things unto God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you thankful today? Are you living for Thanksgiving? And I'm not talking about living for the one day in November. Are you giving God praise? Every day, always, in all things. Is anybody thankful and grateful in here today? Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.